I want to talk today about judgment. Um, we're all going to face God one day, and there's, there's different judgments. When we judge our life, it's about are we, are we doing what God called us to do? Are we, are we being faithful to, to the calling of God for our life? So let me just open by reading a few scriptures. I'm going to start in Acts chapter 26. He says, At midday, O king, Acts 26, 13, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And we, when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why perse persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of, those, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. But he said, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. God gave him a vision for, for his life and a track to run on and he, he obeyed it, he, he followed it. Um, over in uh, Philippians chapter 2, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, This one thing I do. That's being single minded, very single minded. Remember uh, when. Um, Jesus was eating dinner at the home of Mary and Martha. <clears throat> Mary was sitting at his feet. Martha was serving. She was stressed out. And she, she came and wanted Jesus to rebuke Mary. But he said, no, leave her alone. One thing, one thing is needful. He said, Mary found the one thing that was, was needful. It won't be taken away from her. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged... We are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned. We have a calling from God. We have something God wants us to do in this life. And um, when we get off track, we can repent and get back on track, but we can also judge our own life. And the scripture says here that 
if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. You know, it says over in 1 John that if, we, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. And we know that, uh, that he hears our prayers. So we, um, we can judge ourselves. Second is about judging others. And Matthew 7 says not to do that. <laughs> Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, you shall be it shall be measured to you again. So, so we don't want to, that's a whole message in, in and of itself. That's, there's a lot to that, but I'm just going to mention it and then, and then move on. One of the reasons why we want to judge our own life is so that we can be a vessel unto honor and, um, and please the Lord. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. So some vessels are for honorable purposes, like putting on the dining room table. Some are for dishonorable purposes, like taking out the trash. If a man will therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. And um, our motivation for this is one chapter over in 2 Timothy 4. In um, verse um, 7, Paul says, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. And, um, you know, the time of my departure is, is at hand. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not for me only, but, um, but unto all them also that love his, that love his appearing. So, um, we read a lot of scriptures here, but that's good. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He calls it a race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So, we, we have... God is the one that invented the reward system. God motivates by reward. He... Um, and he says, you know, that we... When, when, we, when we live, we, we, we can judge ourselves, we can keep our life in the right place, 
become a vessel unto honor, be used for honorable purposes in the kingdom of God, and, um, and be on track to finish our course, actually complete what God put us here to do. And uh, that's, um, that's a good place to be. Now, after this life, there's two judgments. One's for believers, one's for unbelievers. The believer's judgment is uh, spoken of in Romans 14, and it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, you need to know the difference between the two. In uh, Romans 14, verse 10, Paul says, But why do you judge your brother, or why do you set at naught your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. That's uh, important too. It's the same judgment seat of Christ is also mentioned in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians 5. In verse 10, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. The judgment seat of Christ, um, the word judgment in that verse is actually... Um, it, it doesn't mean a typical judgment that we would think of. It, it's, the Greek word is bima, and it means reward. So properly translated, that means the reward seat of Christ. And so those of us that are, those of us that are redeemed and, and saved, when we stand before God, we're going to stand before the reward seat of Christ to receive rewards for the good things that we, that we did for the Lord. And when our, so he, he takes all of our life's work and um, it gets tested with the fire of God. And any, any works that are uh, in the category of you know, wood, hay, or stubble get burned up or consumed by the fire of God. Anything that's remaining is what we get rewarded for. And that, 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 that's what we take into eternity with us. So those would be works that are done at the leading of the Lord, out of a, out of a pure heart, um, with, with right motives, just serving, serving God and, and being obedient to him. That's what we get to take into eternity with us, and that's what we're rewarded on. And um, in uh, Matthew 25, we get the concept of, of um, well, Jesus' parable about, about the talents, where um, uh, a master needed to go into a far country. He brings his servants before him. He, he entrusts one with uh, five talents, another one with two talents, another one with one talent, and, and um, told him to, to occupy and to do business, and, and he would return. 
and when he returned to settle accounts with them and see how they did, the first two had doubled what they had. And so the, their response from the Lord was well done, good and faithful servant. And so we get the concept of, of, um, of uh, being faithful in a few things results in being ruler over, over many things. And then the one that buried his talent didn't do anything with it. He was, he was actually rebuked and cast out. So that's, um, that's very important. Some people will make heaven and have no rewards at all. They will be saved so as by fire. Um, if they spent their time, you know, and just shriveled it away and didn't invest anything in, in other people, didn't invest anything in the kingdom of God, um, just lived for themselves. Yeah, all their works can get burned up. But the good news is they get to go to heaven. And heaven is still heaven. And so that's, that's good. Um, but... Um, but yeah, there, there will be people like that. But what we're dealing with here is, is a finite span of time where we want to make as much impact for the kingdom of God as possible, but I want to rack up as many rewards as I can as, as well. We, we want to be faithful in a few things so we can be entrusted with more. And uh, eternity is not just laying back on a cloud playing a harp with angels dropping grapes in your mouth. It's, um, it, it's actually, God has assignments for us. There's, there, there's going to be eternal assignments, and I believe that, that those assignments are part of, part of our reward. Um, there are references uh, across the New Testament to crowns, which are going to be rewards for us. First uh, Corinthians 9 talks about an incorruptible crown. Second Timothy 4 talks about a crown of righteousness. James 1 and Revelation 2 talk about a crown of life. There's also a, a soul winner's crown. There's a martyr's crown. Um, and um, these, these things are, are supposed to motivate us in, um, as, we, as we pursue God in life. So... The judgment seat of Christ, if you're there, you're saved, you're in. You're going to make heaven. But we do have to, you know, answer for our life, and we want God to be pleased. And, and uh, I want to be satisfied in my own heart that I've done what God wanted me to do. You know, not perfectly, but, like, you know what? We, we, we stuck with it, and we... Um, um, I, it's when you read the words of Paul back here, you can tell that the man is satisfied in his own heart that he, that he did what God called him to do. He said, now, for, for now, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. So how do you know when you're ready to go? When you've done everything in your heart that you that's in your heart to do. God 
like I said before, God gives us the desires of our heart, meaning he's the one that puts those desires on the inside of us for us to realize them, desire them, and then pursue them. And that's one of the primary ways that he leads us. And um, so, for example, um, I don't want to leave this earth still wishing I had written those three books I had on my heart, for, as an example, or still wishing I had done this or this or, or made a missionary trip over there or whatever. We, we want to uh, do everything that we have in our heart. And uh, Peter, the same way, he, he knew that it was, yeah, in Second Peter chapter 1, he says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Um, that's my license to preach the same things again and again and again and again, all right? Right there. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, he, that's what he calls his body, a tent or a tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Um, and um, it's so good. Um, he said, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is a man at peace, and he's ready to go. Um, I had an argument with my dad the other day because I told him he could live until he was satisfied. He said, no, no, we just live until God decides that we're... <laughs> he, his, his, his position was that it's all up to God when his life is over. I'm like, Dad, no. You can, you can um, live until you're satisfied. He, the Bible doesn't say that. I said, yeah, the Bible says that. Psalm 91 Um, we can have arguments without being disagreeable, right? Um, he says, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the final verse of, of Psalm 91. So we live, and we, we live until we're satisfied. And um, the, when we die, listen to this. How you die and when you die is none of the devil's business. You parted ways with him a long time ago. How I go and when I go is between me and God. And, and um, did, did you ever notice how many times people tried to kill Jesus? And he... He, he, he turned and walked through the middle of the crowd. Um, something happened. No one could touch him. He avoided death many times when people wanted to kill him. But it was the divine protection of God because he had not fulfilled or finished his assignment yet. He hadn't been to the cross yet. And so how he died and when he died 
was, was right there between, between him and God. And um, so, you know, how do you square um, um, you know, Christian persecution with d divine protection, with living until you're satisfied? Here's how you do it. You, we, we believe for divine protection until, we've, until we've finished our course, which means I'm not going to be taken out by, by, um, by any stupid disease or sickness or, or calamity or, you know, run down to South America and get myself killed or anything like that. We're going to stay right in here where we're supposed to be and, and finish our course. Um, and then say, okay, I'm, I'm done. There are stories of men of God that, uh, uh, re I mean, recently, uh, where they just, they just knew it was their time. And just like Jacob, uh, the patriarch back in, in Genesis, you know, he called all his, he called all his boys in and, um, he prophesied over all of them, and then he pulled his feet up in the bed and gave up the ghost. Um, there's a preacher named Charles Caps. You might know his name, but uh, back in probably 2012, he 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 called all his preacher friends and and said. Um, I'm leaving on Sunday, so if you want to come see me, come see me Saturday. <laughs> and so they, they all came down to his place in, in England, Arkansas, and, and spent the day and visited, fellowship, had a good time, and he went to bed on Saturday night and didn't get up on Sunday morning. Same thing with um, Brother Hagen. He was out walking on a Saturday evening, good health. This is... 10 years before, um, 2003, and he um, got up in the morning, and I've heard two different versions. I heard one version he, where he was at the, at the breakfast table, you know, eating a bowl of strawberries, and then another version said he was sitting, you know, he had left the table, he was sitting in a, in a chair across the room, but, but either way. He was, he was at breakfast, he was eating a bowl of strawberries, and, uh, um, you know, turned and smiled at his wife and dropped his head, and, and he was gone. And it's, you talk about a beautiful way to go. Um, and I remember the day, because that was, that was the very day, probably close to the very hour that Perry was born. That was September 14th of 2003. So that's a, that's a good way to go. Um, but we want to, um, we want to live our life out. We want to please, please God with our life. We want to um, not be so big on judging other people, judge ourselves, and, uh, and then look forward to, to rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Everything will be will be rewarded. Um, you know, 
we, we like to keep, keep stats or keep track of, you know, how many people we prayed with in outreaches and this and this. If I get, if I, if, if I miss some numbers, heaven has all the numbers recorded. Um, anything we do to, to influence other people for the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus said, if, if you get, give even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, you will not lose your reward. So, let me see here. Maybe I'll bring this in with Ecclesiastes. On Christmas Eve, my boys told me I'd shot right over my time and had to bring it in for a crash landing, but uh, I'll try to do better today. Everybody survived. We were okay. It takes wisdom, you know, to just go through the seasons of life. There's a season for everything. And one, one of the things that's so cool about, about uh, God, you know, he created the earth, creates the sun, the moon, what? For signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. All right? Which means we complete a cycle and we get to start again. We complete a day and we get to start another day again. And the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Um, we, um, you know, he, he set us in a, a seven-day week where with, with one day to rest. And so, um, you making trouble back there? All right. And, and, and then, you know, and when we follow that, we, we get our work done, we get our rest, and, but we get to start again. There's always an opportunity to start again, to have a new beginning, to, to, to say, okay, well, what's past is past, and I get to start this again. Just like tonight going into tomorrow. Ecclesiastes, um, okay, we'll bring it in with this. To everything there is a season, a time, to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace? What profit has he that works in that wherein he labors? I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men, 
to be exercised in it, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. So, amen. We'll leave it there. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for, for um, helping us to see this. In Jesus' name. I forgot to mention the last judgment. And that's the judgment seat of Christ. So, we can judge our... We can judge ourselves back off on judging other people we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ if we're saved but then there's a judgment for the unbelievers and that's called the great white throne judgment and that's in Revelation chapter 20 and that's a, a that's a fearful place to be for those that will be there but when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ you will never stand before the great white throne judgment. That's for the people that, that never, uh, never received the salvation that's available through Jesus. And um, they'll, be, they'll be consigned to, to the lake of fire and told to depart from, from the presence of the Lord. So that's why we, um, we uh, warn people and... and uh, Show them, show them the way.